Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in this series called 10. And this series, as we've been talking about 10, it's really been talking about the 10 qualities of a disciple. The 10 qualities of a disciple. And what that means is in the scripture in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, he says, Go therefore, this is Jesus speaking, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's talking about here, I want you to go. Jesus is about to ascend. He had already died on the cross. He already rose again. He had already hung out with all, of this, all the men and all the women. He already taught all these things. And then he says, as he's about to ascend, he says, hey, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. See, we're talking about this series, in this series about dis- being a disciple for Christ and the qualities of a disciple, we're not saying that believing in Jesus is not important. That is the very most important thing. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead, that we'll be saved. It starts with believing. You can't get anywhere in your journey with God without believing. It starts with believing. But then James and the book of James says, you know, it's not just faith. Faith is important, but then it's faith without works is dead. So it's this concept of, okay, I have this faith and I have this belief, but now I want to turn and now I want to walk out my faith. It's not works that gets me saved. Or it's not works that allows me to be, to be a, a Christian or a believer. It's, it's my faith. It's my, it's, my, it's my belief in him. But then from there, God wants me to then take my belief and go a step further and become a disciple of Christ. And what is a disciple of Christ? It's one who is walking out their faith daily. And so this is what we're talking about in this series. We're talking about people that are going from not just, we're going from just being a believer. Believer's great, but it can't stop there. Going from being a believer to then now journeying and becoming disciples of Christ as we walk out and live according to his purposes and plan. That's why I love the scripture. And it says, teaching them to obey everything. It doesn't say just teaching them to believe everything. It doesn't say teaching them to learn everything. Those things are important. But it goes a step further and it says teaching them to obey everything. Teaching people, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey, to walk out and live how God has called us to live. And so today I want to talk to you. We've been talking different qualities. We talked about uh, being someone who fully follows Jesus. We talked about someone who loves like Christ. We talked about last week's one that is the, has the heart to serve. And today I want to talk to you about none of them are in the right order. They're all important. But today I want to talk to you about a quality of a disciple is one who is submitted to the Holy Spirit. Submitted to the Holy Spirit. So important that we understand the, the, the importance of the Holy Spirit. He is part of the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and... The Father, the Son, and... The scripture says right here, we just read it, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, showing us the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how we are to need and walk with the Holy Spirit to really become the disciples that God has called us to be. In John chapter 14 and verse 16, it says, and I will pray uh, to the Father and he will give you another helper. 
and he, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it is neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus is talking here, and he says, I want you to know I'm going to send someone who's a helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper on this planet. John chapter 16 and verse 7. This is Jesus speaking. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. He says, I want you to know it's to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking to these men who have been following him for three years. They watch Jesus heal the sick. They watch Jesus calm the storms. They watch Jesus take a few loaves and a couple pieces of uh, fish, a couple pieces of bread, and they watched him feed 5,000 people. This is the same person that they watched raise the dead when he, when he prayed for them. And he says, hey, I want you to know, it's to my advantage that I leave you. Whoa, Jesus. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you are the son of God. We believe you are the savior, the Messiah. What do you mean it's to your advantage, to our advantage? He says, to, our, to your advantage because I'm gonna send someone who is a helper, one who will be with you and dwell in you. The scripture says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead now dwells in us when we accept Christ in our hearts, when we believe in him, the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. I wrote this down. If you're taking notes, to become a believer, we need Jesus. To become a disciple, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to really become the disciples Jesus has called us to be. We need Jesus to become believers. Salvation comes through Jesus. Transformation comes through the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible says that we become new creations in Christ. That when we believe in him, we become new creations. Well, here's the thing. We can become new creations in our hearts. And if we don't ever work out the things in our natural lives to become that new creation, to transform into who he's called us to be, we'll end up falling back into the same old life. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so here's what happens. Jesus brings salvation, but the Holy Spirit is the one that brings transformation. Jesus, I'll say it this way, breaks the chains. The Holy Spirit helps us remove the chains. He removes the chains, and, and I'll even go a step further. He helps, the Holy Spirit helps us heal from the pain of the chains and the trauma of the chains. And so what happens is it's so interesting to me that as Christians, a lot of times what we do is we celebrate the Father and the love of the Father. We celebrate the Son and the sacrifice of the Son, and we should. But then what we do is we oftentimes shy away from the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit's this weird being, like maybe because he's called the Spirit and some translations that says the Holy Ghost. So maybe he's like this ooh, weird ghost. Like, and so like, is he like creeping on the walls? Like, like is he gonna give me the heebie-jibbies? And oh, oh, you know, what's gonna happen? And so we can shy away from the Holy Spirit, and that is not the intent of who God is calling us to be. He doesn't want us to shy away from the Holy Spirit. He actually wants us to seek the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God on earth today. The Bible says that, that, that the Father is on the throne in heaven. And the Bible says Jesus ascended, and he's at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says that Jesus said, I'm sending someone here on this planet to help you to, for your advantage to help you walk out and live uh, to, as I've called you to live. 
Who is that person? That person is the Holy Spirit. And the enemy of our soul doesn't want us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The enemy of our soul wants us to shy away from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he doesn't want you to have the help. He doesn't want me to have, he doesn't want us to have the help to really become the people that God has called us to be. And we have to understand this. We know it starts with Jesus and we believe in him and we become believers. But then it's a step further. Now we look to the Holy Spirit to help develop us and transform us into the disciples that he's called us to be. Does that make sense? Make sense? So important that we understand it. John chapter 16 and verse 5, it says, But now I am going to him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, we just read it. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. The helper will come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Jesus says, I'm telling you what's happening. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to these men who are followers. And he's training them and teaching them how to be disciples for him. He says, I'm telling you this stuff. And I'm telling you, and you're not asking me what I'm telling you, I'm leaving. And you're not asking me where I'm going. What you're doing is you're saddened and your, your heart is filled with sorrow because of these things that I'm telling you that I'm leaving. He said, but I'm telling you, it's to your advantage that I do go. What does this show me? I wrote this down if you're taking notes. Believers are sensitive to their feelings. Disciples are sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They were so caught up in their feelings that they missed what Jesus was trying to tell you. I'm sending someone that's gonna help you in your life. But then they're so caught up in their feelings of, oh, we're, we're saddened because Jesus is supposed to be the savior and he's supposed to make us this, these incredible people. And, he, and so where are you going? Why are we sad? And instead he says, no, 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 don't be sad and be excited because I'm sending someone that's gonna help you through your time of need. How does the Holy Spirit help us? I'm glad you asked. Right here it says in the scripture that he, conv- he sends he, and he helps us and he convicts us. The Holy Spirit can be one that can help convict, to, to give the check mark. You ever been doing something and you said something that you shouldn't have said and you walk away and something in your heart says, man, I shouldn't have said that? You ever been in a relationship with somebody and all of a sudden you just maybe in this relationship and you get this check mark of, man, man, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing? You ever been in somewhere and you're doing something or you're hanging out with somebody or doing something and you get this check, man, I, I shouldn't be here? The Holy Spirit, that's who he is. He, he gives these check marks in our hearts, this caution, if you will, to help us so that we don't fall into the same things that we always fall into or fell into in our past. Convicts us. He also, the scripture says in John chapter 14 and verse 26, the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He instructs us. He says, teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is here to instruct us, to teach us. Here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Are we teachable? The older we get, the easier it is for us to think we got it all. We know. Oh, well, maybe especially for people that maybe you've been, to ch- been going to church for a long time and you've been a Christian for a while. Oh, yeah, I got it. And so what happens is we miss what the Holy Spirit may be trying to say to us all because we think we know. Or we get caught up, hear me, we get caught up in being so busy that we miss the Holy Spirit maybe speaking to us 
about maybe talking to someone at our job. But we're so busy doing the tasks and trying to get the promotions that we miss what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our workplace. At our schools, we're so caught up in trying to be friends with everybody and we're so caught up in trying to everybody to like us and everybody to follow us that we can miss the Holy Spirit maybe saying, stand up and don't go to that place with that person because I want you to be an example to that person. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He instructs us. The question we have to ask ourselves, are we at the place of in our hearts where we can be teachable? Why? Because God is much more concerned about our hearts than he is our hands. We can be doing all the right things. We can be going to church and going to small group and we can, be, you know, we can be lifting our hands during worship or not lifting our hands. We can be singing the song. We can be doing all the right things. But if the heart condition, the heart posture, the attitude, the motivation behind it is wrong, that's what the Holy Spirit cares about. And so it's important as Christians, as ones who desire to continue to walk and a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have to be sensitive to his voice. And God's, the Holy Spirit is always wanting to speak to us. Now, I will say this. The Holy Spirit's voice, it will always line up with God's word. The voice of God will always line up with his word. Why? Because his word is his voice. And so I've had people, true story, I've had people come to me. Say, man, you know what? I've been married for 15, 20 years, and you know what? I just, I'm at the place where I just feel like God's wanting me to walk away. I'm like, okay, something happened. What was wrong? Did, what's the deal? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. I just, I, we, I, I've lost feelings. And so because I've lost feelings, I just, I just feel like God's saying there's somebody else for me. Uh, sir, uh, ma'am, uh, do you read the same Bible that I do? Because that's not what the Bible says. And so again, if, you're, if, you're, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, you got to be careful that, and you got to make sure that it lines up with his word. Because again, if, it's not, if it doesn't line up with his words, it's just our feelings. And here's the thing about our feelings. Our feelings are almost always louder than his voice. Our feelings are almost always louder than his voice. The Bible talks about God's voice being a whisper. Well, if our feelings, and we're so caught up in our feelings that we're being driven by our feelings, more than likely we'll miss the, the whisper just because the voice is so loud of us and how we feel. He instructs us. The question is, are we teachable? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, it says, Do not, be grieved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I love that it's, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Meaning this, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Our actions, our choices, our, our heart condition can grieve the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means this. And that's why he says, get rid of all these different things. It means this, that th these things can disrupt our intimacy with God. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us, to convict us, to caution us over certain things so that our intimacy with God is not disrupted. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is two things, to draw us closer to the Lord and to become more like Christ. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He's here. He walks us to help us to draw closer to God and to become more like Christ in our lives. And so we have to be careful of these things. In John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, but when, you, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will, not, he will speak only when he, what he hears 
and he will tell you what it is, what is yet to come. It says he guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. The Holy Spirit brings instruction, but the Holy Spirit also brings direction, guides us. We are a culture that is consumed on what we're going to do when the Holy Spirit wants us to be consumed on who we're going to become. If people would just be more concerned on who they're becoming, God would take care of what they're going to do. We are so caught up in the future that we don't realize the Holy Spirit is trying to be present today and what it is. Now, again, God's got the future. He's going to take care of it. He's wanting us to be present now because he's a God that is present, desiring for us to know he wants to guide us in our steps today. Well, I don't know what the future holds. You don't need to. You just need to trust the Holy Spirit and take the step that he's calling you to step, whatever that may be today, being faithful with where he has you today. He guides us. He leads us. He instructs us. He teaches us. He guides us. And it's interesting because oftentimes we can get caught up in the direction of God and we can get caught up in our own feelings and our own thoughts. And maybe, maybe you're in a relationship or maybe something going on with your job and the Holy Spirit says, ah, you know what? I, I don't think you should be in that relationship. Or the Holy Spirit says, ah, you know what? I don't, think you should, I don't think you should act that way at work. And if our feelings are involved, again, we get caught up in our voice of our feelings. We just, we just can ignore it. The thing is, or we cannot just ignore it. The thing is, what we could do is we can almost get to the point of where, oh, no, that's not the Holy Spirit. Like, the Holy Spirit loves me. He cares for me. He's, he's looking out for me. He's got me. He's not going to ever say anything bad to me. Oh, that's just the condemning, a condemning word. And so the Holy Spirit's not going to convict me for doing those things because he doesn't condemn me. Well, here's the thing. Conviction and condemnation is two totally different things. The Holy Spirit doesn't convict us to condemn us. The Holy Spirit convicts us to convince us that there's more for us. See, what happens is in our lives, we can think condemnation because the Holy Spirit's check, putting the check in our hearts and we can think, or he's trying to guide us in a certain way, and we can think, oh, well, God just doesn't want us to, me to have a good time. Oh, the kid, I, he's, I'm just being condemned. People are just condemning me because I'm not living the way they, wanna, they want me to live. Well, hold on a second, hold on a second. We can't take the, the, the term conviction and call it condemnation. Condemnation is this, I'm not good enough. That's what condemnation is. Condemnation is, I'm not good enough, I'll never be good enough. Conviction is, I want to convince you that there, you are, you're better than this. Not you're just not good enough, you're better than what it is that you're walking through. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? Holy Spirit, we got to make sure we understand this. We have to be sensitive to his voice. And then Acts chapter, actually, excuse me, Romans chapter 8. In verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And as he, as he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, Now the Spirit is the, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. 
The Holy Spirit right here is showing us that he helps us. He gives us the power. Look, it says the power to, to, in our weakness, he helps us to pray, that he prays for us and through us and he intercedes for us. And then the scripture says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then the scripture says that, listen, if you really wanna be my witnesses, this, the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you and you'll have the power to be my witnesses. He's showing us the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I wrote this down. Believers, believers lean on personal strength. Disciples lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting because he talks about how in our prayer life, the Holy Spirit helps us and in, intercedes through us. Then he talks about, the scripture talks about, it's so important that we understand where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom in our lives. Then he talks about being witnesses and how we need the power of the Holy Spirit for witnesses. Here's the interesting thing. A lot of times we can think we can do these on our own. We've been walking through a struggle in our lives and we've asked Jesus to forgive us and he has. Every time you ask Jesus to forgive you, he does. We're asking Jesus to forgive us, we're forgiven, we're, we're grateful we're forgiven and then for some reason three weeks later, three days later, three hours later, we fall right back into it. And it's like this, this, this turmoil of back and forth and we don't understand why and we're trying our best and, and so we're trying to get free from this struggle of, of whatever it may be. Maybe it's an insecurity, maybe it's a fear, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it, whatever it may be and we're trying to get free from it and we think just, just Jesus forgiving us is gonna get free from that. No, he forgives us, yes, but now it's up to us to say now I wanna walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit and allow him to help me live in freedom. You ever been in, a, in your prayer time with the Lord and you're like, man, man, I, 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 I want to get better at praying. I want a prayer life. I want to spend time with God. And so you get by yourself and you, you close yourself off and you start to pray. And you say, Lord, man, thank you so much that you love me, that you care for me. Lord, thank you for the Son and thank you for the Holy Spirit and thank you for the Father and, and Lord, and just thank you uh, for life. Lord, thank you so much that you love me. Thank you so much that you care for me. Thank you for the Father. Thank you for the Son. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for life. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my job. God, I hate the job, but pastor told me I gotta thank you for it. So thank you for my job. Uh, okay, well, oh, that was two minutes. Well, I guess that's all my prayer life's gonna be today. And we can get, yeah, this, this happens. You get like, oh man, I don't know what else to say. Well, that's the importance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and helps us to pray, to help us to continue to connect in intimacy with God. You ever tried to shine, to be a witness, and you get in a conversation with someone, and next thing you know, like they, they say, man, I've really been struggling. I, I, I've just been struggling and I just need some help. And so you're like, yeah, man, I'm here for you. You're like, let me give you, let me tell you, let me, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, let me Google what the Bible says for you. <laughs> the scripture says the Holy, Spirit's will, the Holy Spirit will, will remind us. He'll help us. He'll remind us of the things that we've learned and the things that we know. And so we need the Holy Spirit to truly be a witness to those around us. Here's the interesting thing. We can't do it without his strength. 
You can't truly, it's the craziest thing. You will never truly, I will never truly, none of us will ever truly be free from the things that we're walking through, the struggles in this life without the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll never truly be the witnesses and shine the way Jesus wants us to without the power of the Holy Spirit. We will never truly be in the intimate relationship that we desire to be in without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it in our own strength. We need him. Many years ago, I don't know, probably six, seven, eight years ago now, I started working out. I know you can't tell that I work out, but I do. Started working out many years ago, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out in there. I don't know, if for those of you that maybe you kind of, you start it and you haven't started, you know, I was one of those people, I start, stop, start, stop, and one day I said, this is it. I'm starting. I'm committing. I'm going to go work out. I get in the gym. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bench. I said, I could probably get at least 225 pounds up right now. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, and it, it's very offensive, but it's Okay. <laughs> I said, I could probably get 225 pounds up, but you know what I'm going to do just to be safe, just to smart, just to stretch out a little bit? I'm going to put 25 on each side. <laughs> this is a true story. I'm going to put 25 on each side. I said, I got it. I get it off the bench. <clears throat> I get like six with no problem, no joke, true story. I'm like, I'm stronger than I thought I was. I get seven and I get to about eight. I'm trying to get 10. That's what you're supposed to do. At least that's what somebody tells you. I don't know who, but that's what they say. And so I got eight. I get to eight. And y'all know, for those of the people that exercise or work out, you, you know how when you start to lift and like your arms start to wobble a little bit? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So I get to eight. I'm like, uh. I get to eight and I got it. I got eight. I said, man, I feel good. I said, you know what? I bet you I can get one more. So literally, I'm like, ah. I get to eight. I'm like, Yeet. now that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. <laughs> I really heard his voice. And what he told me was, oh no, you're stuck. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I did everything I could do without being noticed to get this thing off my chest. Finally, I came to the point of surrender of I'm stuck for real. In a gym, it's full. It's like that midday where evening time where you know where the gym's just crowded and they got people way bigger than me and you know they're just you know got fourteen year old dudes that are taller and stronger than I am you know whatever and so I'm lit and so all of a sudden I'm like okay what am I gonna do I said here's what I'm gonna do this is what I'm thinking about in my head as I'm got the bar stuck on my head on my, on my chest I said here's what I'm gonna do I said I'm gonna sit here for like a minute or two I'm gonna gain my strength and I'm gonna pick it back up okay so. So literally, no joke, I'm sitting there in the gym. I got my headphones on, so I'm like. <laughs> I'm hoping nobody will notice me. No joke, true story. Here I am, I'm bobbing. All of a sudden, one of the dudes, he must have saw me. He comes over smiling. <laughs> he said, bro, he was much bigger than I am. He said, bro, you need some help. Okay, I said, honestly, dude, no, I don't need your help. <laughs> true story. He really started laughing. He's like, bro, seriously. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, I need your help. <laughs> this is so true. No joke. Here's what he does. The craziest thing. He like walks around the bench. Literally, if you've ever spot anybody, you know, you kind of get up behind him. He gets behind him. He uses two fingers. He grabs with the two fingers. Yeet, yeet, yeet. He walks around. I said, thanks, bro. He said, no problem. He walks off. I did what any grown man would do. I grabbed my keys. I walked. I never went back. 
I've never been back to that gym since. In fact, no joke, like two years later, somebody was like, hey, you should work out. This is when, they, when I lived in Destin. So somebody went to work out. Like two years later, they were like, hey, bro, you want to go to work out? I said, sure. He said, I'm going to dot, dot gym. I said, I'm not going with you. <laughs> now, I'm being funny. I'm being funny, but here's the thing. As, as we talk about the Holy Spirit and we talk about how we need him, it's so interesting how oftentimes this is how we look spiritually. We're in this struggle trying to survive, trying to strive in our own strength to be free from that one thing or that two things or that insecurity or that fear or that lust or that addiction. And we're trying in our own strength so hard. And here's what we look like. <laughs> and all the Holy Spirit's wanting to do is he's just wanting, he's waiting for us to just say, hey, will you help me? And here's what he does. It's the craziest thing. He doesn't come over and he doesn't struggle with us. He's not like, oh, man, yeah, that is heavy. No, literally, he comes over and he's like, doop, doop. okay, got it. Now live in freedom. But it starts with us humbling ourselves and saying, Holy Spirit, we need you. Because without his help, hear me, without his help, we cannot do it. You will never live according to God's purposes and God's plans in the way that I believe you desire to without the power of the Holy Spirit. That is why he's here. He's here to help you and help me. We just have to understand it's not someone we shy away from. He's not this weird being that's just floating around. No, he's our helper. And this is why I so believe that the enemy of our soul tries to get us to shy away. Do you think the enemy of your soul wants you to live in freedom? Do you really think, think about this. Do you really think the enemy of your soul really wants you to live in freedom from that pain that you walked through years ago? Do you really think the enemy of your soul wants you to be free from that insecurity that you've had since you were a child? Do you really think that the enemy of your soul wants you to be closer to God and so he wants you to be in close relationship with the Holy Spirit so he can help you with your prayer life? Do you think the enemy of your soul really wants you to have a healthy prayer life? Do you think the enemy of your soul really wants you to be a light and a witness to your community, to your surrounding areas, to your neighbors, to your workers, to your coworkers, to your, your, your classmates, to your dorm room friends. And to, does you think the enemy of your soul really wants you to be a good witness? Of course not. And so the enemy of our soul, he's not stupid. What he's gonna do is he's gonna create this picture in our mind to try to get us to shy away. Why? Because he doesn't want us to have the help. He doesn't want us to have the freedom. He doesn't want us to be the witnesses. And so we have to be mature enough in our faith to, yes, believe, of course believe, but then also take it a step further and say, Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you daily because you are truly my helper. I'm closing. But here's what I know. We can so oftentimes be so concerned and consumed with doing things in our own strength that we can completely miss what God is trying to do in us and through us. You want to be a good husband? You need the Holy Spirit. 
You want to be a good wife? You need the Holy Spirit. You want to be a good friend? You need the Holy Spirit. You want to wait on the person that God's wanting you to wait for with purity? You need the Holy Spirit. You want to shine for him and show others his love to those around you? You need the Holy Spirit. You want to care less about the things of this world and care more about the things of eternity? You need the Holy Spirit. He is, hear me, our helper. Let us be a church, a body of believers, individuals that don't shy away from the Holy Spirit, but we seek the Holy Spirit because we know with him we can do way more than without him. We can become the people that we desire to be. We can find the freedom that we desire to find. We can be the witnesses we want to be. We can shine the way that we want to shine all through and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's walk with him and fellowship with him daily. Amen. Amen. Can we pray today?